Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That, that bit's important. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Bugle Ashes Altscast, preview of the final day of the final Ashes series of 2023. Uh, I, I am Andy Zaltzman, uh, ready to pick up my coloured pens for the final time this test summer with the match and series delicately poised as it has been since, I don't know, about six months before it began. Uh, Australia 135 for naught, chasing a historically mammoth 384 to win. Uh, so they need another 249. England need 10 wickets. The rain needs to, uh, in colloquial terms, <laughs> right off uh, for the day and not spoil things again. It is. It could be a classic day of test cricket or a day of unending frustration, particularly uh, if you want England to win. Um, I, I would say... Australia are slight favourites. Crick, uh, Crickviz's Winviz predictor uh, disagrees with me. They have England with a slight with a slight edge. If it was naught for naught, chasing two hundred and forty nine, it wouldn't seem uh, like a particularly big chase. But it, it, as soon as it gets above three fifty, everyone thinks, "Oh, that doesn't happen very often." Even though it does happen uh, quite a lot more often than it used to. So here we are, the last day of the series. Joining me to look ahead once again, producer Chris. Um, Chris, it was another day of soggy frustration yesterday, and another day in which the series didn't do what we expected it to do. Um, we had the, the the emotional scene of Stuart Broad marching out for his last test innings, uh, taking a series of agricultural swipes, which is essentially uh, w- what he's done for about the last 10 years, batting after starting his career, be- being compared by none other than, than Jeffrey Boycott to uh, to the young Garfield Sobers. Um, you could write, I think you could write... About a 500-page book about Stuart Broad's test batting career. Yep. But anyway, he finished it with a six of his last ball. Benedict, the Sky statistician, uh, tweeted that he he's the only player other than West Indies Wayne Daniel to hit the last ball of his test career for six. Um, quite hard to, to, to dig around the numbers and confirm that. Um, and then we had uh, 38 overs before the rain intervened um, in spectacular style, uh, in which... Um, you would have thought, you know, on a cloudy day, um, ideal conditions, uh, ostensibly for swing and seam bowling, uh, absolutely nothing happened. The ball <laughs> did almost nothing. Australia batted with, uh, well, purpose and precision in a way they haven't always done through this series, and they put themselves in a winning position. What did you make of it all, Chris? So that's roughly 200 balls, so perhaps yeah. that could be 100 on, on either side. There, yeah. was, there was swiping for sixes. There was a packed oval. The excitement <laughs> is building. It's time for the hundred, Andy. That's what's setting me. <laughs> there are quite a lot more dot balls than you get in the odd, the, the average hundred match. I think if you had a, a game of the, so I think we had one hundred and forty-one runs in those uh, two hundred, <laughs> just over two hundred balls. 
so I mean that's a hundred game in which you know seventy plays seventy. I mean that would be a classic. What a game! Or if it I was seventy for one against seventy for naught, <laughs> everyone would think what the hell's going on. Um, about, also, I mean, this was an interesting thing about that that partnership. Um, I think I might, might have mentioned it on the 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 uh, uh, this show earlier in the series that um, prior to that there had not been a single partnership in the entire four and three quarter test we'd had so far of more than two hundred balls, and then wow. suddenly Warner and Kawaja in the last uh, innings of the series, uh, probably both of their last tests in England, um, suddenly bat for <laughs> for hours and hours. Uh, so, so I guess it would be good then to focus on how England are doomed, and then maybe we can switch that in in, in the second half. Yeah, I, I it felt for me at its most ominous when Kawaja ticked over to become the series top scorer. So four hundred and what what is he on now? He's on four hundred and ninety three now. He's Ooh. overtaken Crawley's um, well surprise surprisingly impressive four hundred and eighty, um, and. Well, he's going to end up the uh, the series top scorer unless Travis Head or Steve Smith comes in and smashes a rapid um, 170 plus. Uh, as we we talked about before, he's had a really good series, but without you know he's, he didn't get to have a 50 and in five innings in a row in the middle of that uh, in the middle of that sequence in the third, fourth, and, and the first innings of of this fifth fifth test. But he has proved obdurate in every game. 1248 balls, Chris, he has now faced in the entire series, which feels like more than the entire England side has faced in the entire series. It isn't, but it feels that way. It's the most uh, balls faced in a series in England by any batter since Rahul Dravid of India in 2002, who faced 1,335 balls in in just four tests in a a run-drenched summer. Uh, 1,335 balls of silken, elegant defiance. Uh, It's the most by an opener in a series in England since Mike Atherton lasted for 1,435 against South Africa Mm. in 1998, um, a series I personally remember for taking an entire week off work. In the (laughs) one year of my life, I had an actual job just around the corner from from where you're... You work now at, uh, at something else. And uh, I went up to Manchester to stay with my now wife and we sat watching Gary Kirsten score the world's dullest double century over 11 hours of absolutely pointless tedium. But our relationship survived that. And if a relationship can survive a Gary Kirsten double hundred, it can survive anything that life throws at it. Uh, so 25 years later, we're still going strong. And uh, it's the most balls faced for Australia in the series in England since David Boone faced 1,334 balls in the six test ashes of 1993. So he has been um, extraordinary, particularly when you look at him and indeed Warner and Crawley and Duckett in the context of recent ashes series in which openers have just been dispatched. Yeah. The last series in Australia uh, and in England, the opening partnerships averaged, uh, I think it was about 19 in Australia last time for both sides combined and 12 in, in ni- 2019. So we've seen, and that, that ties in with that, that theme of the series, of the balls not doing a lot. And that's made it easier for the openers. And it's been sort of unfamiliar for having watched cricket uh, in England over recent years, not to see early wickets falling all the time. Um, so, and yesterday, England found less movement uh, through the air and off the pitch combined than in any other uh, day of the series in which they've bowled more than 10 overs. So that it really blunted England, even though the skies look like they should help. These balls mm. are... I mean, there's been weird sessions where it suddenly started swinging more or nibbled a bit more, not more in the air than off the pitch, and England will need that today, or it's going to be very hard to take 10 wickets. Is part of the problem, Andy, uh, you, you say opening 
batsmen are getting partnerships. That means opening bowlers aren't getting wickets. So what does that say about uh, Jimmy Anderson then, who didn't have the best birthday celebration yesterday? I thought he looked actually okay, but but still no sign of a wicket for him. Yes, it's it's a bit of a mystery with Anderson, and and we you know, we we've been looking at his data through the series and his speeds, are almost identical to last year. The amount of swing he's getting is almost identical to last year, and you know less seam movement in common with all the other bowlers. So it's not obvious why he's done so much worse than he did last year when he took twenty seven wickets, average zero point three, or round. About, I'm rounding it down from something below anything below twenty. I'll round down to zero point three. But he was, you know. There's not a huge difference in what he's been doing uh, in terms of you know, speed and swing, but it's just not, not worked for him. And, and Australia have been playing him largely with a degree of degree of comfort. He's not taken more than one wicket in any innings so far. In fact, I think his last eight test innings, he's not taken more than one wicket, having taken 45 wickets at 17 in the first, uh, first 10 tests that he played uh, under the basbalistic regime. So it's... Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a worry for England. It's been you know something that uh, that has yeah been quite crucial in the series that uh, he's kept control as he always always does. But Australia have have not been overly troubled by him. Uh, more bad news for England. Uh, Moeen, particularly when he first came onto bowl, looked quite injured. Uh, that was a very village run up, and Mark Wood was only given three overs, which is apparently tactical which <laughs> I, I i don't know like uh, m- maybe tactics is uh is, is something i will never understand but but they they or certainly wood's got a bowl a lot today hasn't he well you'd think that they say uh, they said after play that he wasn't injured they were asked about that uh, in the press conference by by some of the uh the um various uh hacks stroke investigative journalists who yeah. who write about cricket and england said there was nothing wrong with him that it was tactical i i wonder whether We've seen with Wood through his career that uh, he's a sort of mixture of durable and fragile. In that, you know, when he plays, he will just bowl as fast as possible for as long as possible. So in that ser- last series in Australia, uh, I remember seeing one of his—I think it was his fifth spell of a day—and he was averaging over ninety miles an hour. So when he's playing, he's got you know amazing stamina, but obviously he has that history of of getting injured. And I wonder if England thought we can only get X overs out of Mark Wood across this innings. We need to target them as precisely as possible so he didn't bowl until he was the sixth bowler used yeah it was was it 33rd over or something you said that, mm. he, that he came out of my, my scorecard in front of me um so i wonder if they thought well we need to wait till maybe the ball started reverse swinging some of the, the the balls in this game seem to have moved more the older they've got and that's one of the many things that will defy all explanation as our, when historians come to relook at this series in two and a half thousand years time um uh, so I wonder if they were waiting for it to start doing something or waiting for a wicket to fall and unleash him on the new player. Uh, so it, I think those those are the explanations that I could come up with, but it was a bit odd that, 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 the, that the man who's changed the series, really, when he came in and gave England that mm. that uh, that um, pyrotechnic new bowling weapon at Headingley has yet only bowled, bowled a few overs. But Australia, I mean, he, he, caught, he caused a, a few problems, but Australia looked a little more comfortable against him than they had previously, partly, as I said, because that ball was doing less. I wonder if it's doing more later on, on both sides, because better bowlers are coming on who are changed bowlers. But that's uh, <laughs> just, just a small theory. Um, it's possible, yeah. Uh, b- b- before we talk about why, why England are clearly going to win the game, oh, yeah. uh, Australia still do have Marnus 
and Smith and Head and a doughty tale uh, to come, don't they? They do, and they've looked very rattled a lot uh, throughout this series in patches and then managed to uh, rally and provide defiance. It's, it's happened in almost every test, actually, that they've sort of looked like they were about to, you know, on the ropes. They've, they've mm. basically played cricketing rope-a-dope. Um, and um, we saw that in, in in Manchester, although it was obviously they were helped by the rain on that, 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 that fourth-day fourth they did bat for you know, thirty odd overs and only lose one wicket. And Labuschagne and, and Mitchell Marsh dug in. Um, we've seen at various times during the series that 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 dis, you know, Ashes dif- deciding partnership between Cummins and Lyon in the first Test when it looked like like they were about to lose. So they they have the target is now within sight. If it rains today and they you know end up with only sixty overs to bat or whatever, that two hundred and forty nine runs to win that is an achievable task. So they have this focus, but they also will have. The weight of history on them and the nerves of you know being so close to uh, achieving what they set out to achieve and what they've looked like they weren't going to achieve at various points in the series. So I guess it come you know that that's I guess what's made this whole series fascinating. The you know the the possibilities at the start of each day, each session, each hour, each over. Uh, it's felt like most of the time the game could swing either way. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if. Yeah, they've got a, a lot of players. We talked a lot about Steve Smith's appalling fourth innings record, his even more appalling recent record in all second innings for Australia. Hasn't reached past 35 in, uh, well, almost two years now in the second innings. So, yeah, there's... <laughs> crossing your fingers there. Fingers crossed um, for that, yeah. Yeah, but it's... Uh, well, I mean, it's... Yeah, they're in a good... They're in a surprisingly good position. When England were 330 for four... 320 odd ahead, crashing it everywhere. Uh, they looked completely out of the game, and then uh, England rather uh, frittered away their, their their last six wickets. And um, here we are with Australia, probably with the edge. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, so, so enough talking like uh, English people. Um, let's talk now <laughs> about why England will win. Um and England rarely have two bad days, do they? They're like, normally when they've got themselves into a funky position, not just in this season, but since S&M cricket began, they, they tend to come back quite strong, don't they? They do. And as we talked about a lot, they tend to find ways of taking wickets. But I mean, that was about as unwickety a day as they've, they've had, I think, since Stokes was been captain in the field yesterday. So that was slightly, slightly ominous. And I guess it's, you know, again, I, we talk about Australia having an achievable target. So, so do England. They know that you know they've not got another Test match till January now. So, for those who don't play in the in the in the in the White Ball World Cup, it's you know they've just got this one day mm. to get through for Stuart Broad, the last day of his of his Test career. Um, 
so who knows that Stokes was bowling before play yesterday so I mean it, it, it could be set up for him to come on and hack his body yeah. to pieces one last time um who knows uh it, it's set up very quite similarly to the oval test of 1993 albeit the series situation was different in that England had been absolutely hammered for the first five tests they were four nil down um Mike Atherton was the second or it was the first summer he took over as captain halfway through that series from from Gooch and uh, England bowled Australia out they began the day no wickets down um and England bowled them out to, to win their first Ashes test win in six and a half years uh, and three harrowing winless series up to that point. So um, uh, it set up very similar to that. It's one of the first days of Test cricket I went to live. And they had two wickets in the first over, then Slater and Boone, who both had great series, were out. So England could do with something like that. I think if they get a good start, then you know the fatigue and the, the, the flatness of the pitch yesterday uh, will hopefully dissipate into the South London gloom. Well, speaking obviously as a statistician and not as a gambler in Last Chance Saloon, <laughs> uh, Jim, Jimmy's luck's going to come in, obviously, finally. Uh, Mark Wood is feeling fresh and rested. And Joe Root was turning it a mile yesterday. <laughs> you say there was limited movement for the seamers, but actually spinning the ball, as was proved by Todd Murphy, seems to have got like a bit more of an effective weapon in the last day or so. Yes, and it's um, it's such a shame for England that Moen Ali is not fully fit. He was, as you say, he was extremely ginger in the field after his groin strain uh, batting earlier in the game. Uh, he's got a really good fourth innings record for England. Um, and so, you know, when the pitch is turning and getting a bit older through his career, he's be, he's done some really great things uh, for England, including he got a hat-trick at the Oval against South Africa 2017, or to bowl them to victory at Lords in that series with 10 wickets in the match, six in the second inning. So a fully fit Moeen Ali, I think, would totally change the equation of this because he's a bowler who, although he's never been a kind of consistent spinner who drops it in the same spot, he's always spun it quite hard and and got decent players out, and particularly, as I said, in, in fourth inning. So Root's you know, a really decent backup spinner, uh, and you'd expect him to get two or three wickets a day, maybe, if he bowls a lot, uh, but whether he's quite good enough to to spin England to victory on a fifth-day pitch, like Derek Underwood in 68 after the rain, and the crowd mopped up the outfield for their blankets and their jackets and whatever, just rolling around, trying to osmose water into their bodies to give England the chance to, to win that game. Uh, I'm not sure he can quite do that. But, you know, if he can chip in, if Moeen can get, can get is fit enough to, to spin a few balls hard, then that that could be quite, quite a factor. Right, Andy. Well, I'm feeling positively enthused and excited. I'm pretty confident that we're going to get one of four results today. <laughs> That's... Chris is the kind of punditry that we've come to expect, not just from you, but from all cricket pundits. Um, <laughs> there, yeah, I think I think England's going to get a result today. Certainly, uh, it's just that that result might be a loss, um, uh, so or a draw or a, or a tie. I'd I love mean, it. I mean, although England wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't share the series if it was a tie, I it's one of my main hopes in life is that at mm. some point in my my um, ludicrous life in which I get paid to watch cricket I see a tied test match and we've had a few very near ones mm. recently the uh, the one run defeat in uh, in New Zealand recently, although I wasn't actually there but I'd, I'd just love to see a, I'd love to see a tied uh, tied test yep. and uh, 248 more runs 10 more wickets ah oh, what a way to end the summer that would be <laughs> uh, but I don't think that's going to happen I think if the weather stays off either Australia or England will win can I say that <laughs> can I 
So ninety eight, it's not going to be. A, it's not going to be a draw. Even Australia can't bat as negatively if it's ninety eight overs, uh, not to score two hundred and forty nine in a day. Well, that concludes today's Bugle Ashes Zoltzcast with that extremely um, uh, rigorous pre, uh, prediction of what's going, going to happen. Uh, we will have a, a quick series wrap-up at some point in the next uh, next next few days. Uh, don't forget to listen to all the stuff from the Bugle stable. The Bugle is currently on hiatus, but there's uh, plenty of content from the Bugle and the other shows in the stable, including The Gargle with Alice Fraser, uh, all available at thebuglepodcast.com. Uh, good luck to cricket in general for this final day of what has been an absolutely captivating series. Until then, may the cricket be with you. Amen. <laughs>